0: And catch a break. Hello, my name is Miss am MDJ. Thank you for listening to our podcast. On our last episode, we talked about millenniums. And Millennium gave some pointers on what it takes to bring them back to church. Now on our last podcast, we just, we gave
1: three of them. Today we're gonna to give you the remaining. The first one was on last week, we talked about commerce change. The second one was mutual understanding. The third one was kill the judgment. And the fourth one we'll be talking on is be all exclusive and be all exclusive. It says that just about every organization from business to schools to social clubs, everyone wants to show that they are all inclusive Except for a traditional church. If the church expects a draw uh, in the millenniums, they can can't just include them in the congregation. They have to include them in every aspect of the church. Millenniums desire to be game changers. They want to make an impact, decisions to bring about change. However, that's very hard to do from the outside looking in. And one of the main reasons the church is unable to see any positive change is that they don't allow room for younger members to have part in the change being made. How can the church expect to move forward if the same people are making the same year after year, if the church wants to refresh ideas, if the church wants to see improvement, If the church wants to increase membership, then the church has to bring in newer and younger minds. But this inclusive issue isn't just a younger demographic. The bigger group that has faced holy discrimination is the LGBT community. The traditional church is totally against homosexuality. They believe that the man does not belong with a man and the woman does not belong with another woman. Now, this belief isn't an underground or just another unwritten rule the church made up. The Bible simply speaks against sexual immorality and homosexuality. In Leviticus, God calls homosexuality an abomination. However, there is forgiveness for those who practice homosexuality. While the Bible does say that homosexuality will not enter the kingdom of God, it declares that if a sinner is washed, he will be sanctified and justified in the name of the Lord. Meaning that even a homosexual, if they have confessed their sins and do not practice sleeping or marry the same sex homosexuality, they will enter into the kingdom of heaven yes somehow the church is not as quick to forgive somehow the church is more willing to forgive sexual immoral adulterers thieves greedy drunkards and swindlers before they will even consider forgiving the lgbt community even they are not practicing even if they're not practicing homosexuality. How does the church expect to bring in the LGBT community to Christ if they are uh, discriminated against because of their sins? All right, Dr. Sher, what do you have to say on
0: this? Well, that's this is interesting. Okay, in close-up. Um, the, the millennium wants to be inclusive. And um what we must look at which is one thing that I uh, that got my attention was that they are they want to make change they're game changers they want to come in and make change um they they want to make an impact um that's what I get out of this and and then also I guess what they're saying is that um is that we are the, the, the church is not Willing to forgive those in the LGBT uh, community, even though they may have stopped practicing, but some kind of way, we, the, the church is still holding on to uh, their sins. Or and so I hear that I have to think about that really because you, for I guess for traditional churches um, they probably may have some difficulty, but. What I could say on that is probably most every family um, is impacted uh, or has someone in their family who uh, like who enjoys same sex relationships. So I think this is a discussion that churches need to have to not talk about it does not make it go away. If we want to bring the millennium in the church, we got to sit down, and we got to listen to their what their issues, listen and even listen to why they believe what they believe. It's not going to hurt any of us to do that. And then at that point, I believe that we can reason together from the Word of God, and we can come to some kind of conclusion based on the
1: Word of God, not based on my opinion, but based on the Word. And the church. Um, should not discriminate, as we said, because a person, um, race or gender, you know, their background. You know, Jesus said, told us to love thy neighbor as thyself. And the Bible specifically says that. So for us to reach the millenniums, regardless of the situation at the end, we have to show love. We have to forgive. And if we don't do that, then we're not reaching them. We're only thinking about ourselves. Well, if we're not doing, if we're not love, loving and forgiving,
0: we are sinning. Because we, at that point, are going against what God said we must do in, in, in the Bible. So, to love and to discriminate is not of God. I mean, to not love and to discriminate is not of God. Okay, so so, if that's what we have in our heart, then then we ourselves need have to go back and and um and repent. Yes. <laughs> we yes, we got to repent, yes, repent and change. And we got to sometimes we so focus on trying to change others when we need to try to change ourselves. Amen. I mean, so, uh, enough of that, I'm not going to um I'm going to continue to uh, talk on that subject. I think I've said all I can say.
1: Yes. And number 5 was of revelant teaching. Sunday schools are great and all about it, stops resonating with the millenniums once they go off to college. Yet, it is not that the Sunday school teaching from the early days are outdated or non applicable. It's just that the millenniums need something more. The same stories that you grew up on when you were 10 are the same stories you hear at the age of 18. At some point, they there the needs to be a change. There needs to be a biblical teaching that resonate with the millennials as they get older. What the millennials needs are teachings that closely align and what they are experiencing. What the millennials need are teachings that resonate with the young 35-year-old single mother. What millennials need are teachings that could be useful for a 20-year-old college student dealing with financial and personal stress. The church no longer should treat millennials like children, but adults. There needs to to be a teaching that have real-world applications for the life they're in. If the Bible, if the church wants to capture a younger generation, they should implement biblical teaching attached to financial literacy, sex, relationship, stress, and etc. Millennials don't need the same take on the same stories they heard since they were a child. What they need is to be perspective on scripture, specifically ties back to what they are carefully dealing with. Yes, it's important to talk about how Abraham was obedient to God. It's important to talk about how Noah trusted God. It's important how to talk about Moses as a leader and his faithful walk with God. But how do these stories resonate with what the millenniums is going through in 2019, 2020? Or will we be going through this in the future? All right, Dr. Sharp. <laughs> okay,
0: they talked about Sunday school, and you know I am a product of Sunday school, and basically I understand exactly what they're saying. Is, is that the millenniums uh, uh, maybe don't want to hear the same sub, hear the the same stories that they learned that they were taught over and over in Sunday school. Um, and that, you know, we need to, some kind of way, connect it to their everyday life so that so that whatever they're experiencing, they will be able to apply uh, it to their everyday life. And for the most part, I can, I can understand that. And I what I think that, what I see now, is that some churches are starting to do that. They are starting to um, connect, um, or teach them how to apply
1: their the Sunday school lessons to their everyday life yeah, so you're saying are you saying that dealing with um the, the millennials now that um get older you know because they was younger back then 10 years old you know they were they you know they had the same stories you know they they you know now they're older they're looking at things different can you say that what I can say
0: yeah what i, 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 I precisely what 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 i was trying one want to say was that when you get older you look through um you see things through a different lens lens so during my childhood i saw things from a child's perspective so when you talk gave me the bible story i probably was looking at it from a child's perspective now that i'm probably when I get into my 20s i see i see through a different lens if i am uh if i'm married when i'm reading the bible i see through a different lens if i if i am a, a, a a college graduate I, when I read the Bible, I see through a different lens. So the stories, when I, in saying that, what I'm saying, the stories that we read in the Bible, yes, they will begin to open, begin, begin to open up, open up to us more. We will get more revelation through that same Bible story when we look through them through different lens. I was at one point bored with Sunday school, precisely for the same reason. These were they were the same stories. And I like and I was like, I know I'm, it's the same stories that's being repeated. I knew the stories. So I had got to the point where I didn't want to go to Sunday school because I was like, it's the same stories, it's nothing new. But but I but I wanted, you know, when you have, I wanted to know more about God's word. I wanted, um, I wanted more. And what happened was I God put in my spirit, and I said, God, because You know i was going to stop going but then the god spoke into my spirit spirit about seeing things through a different lens seeing the same word the same story through a different lens and i I began to apply that i began to apply um uh uh uh, now i was no longer a child i was I'm, i'm an adult i'm a college grad so i began to look at the stories through different lenses and when i when i did that i must say that, man, I realized that those stories, they are so deep and they are so relevant. So when someone tells you that the Bible is not relevant, it I would ask them what lens are they really viewing the stories from? Because the Bible is relevant today. And you will find a story in there that gives you answers to your situation right now. Yeah. I mean even to that single mom, yes. to the person who yes. having issues with with their with, with financial financial yes, issues, yes. financial hardships. The Bible has stories in there and it and not only have stories, but they have applications. I mean, so you can you can find answers in the Bible in those same stories. The, so the Bible can be relevant. The Bible is relevant today. And, and for the millennials, like I could say that's an easy one
1: to fix. So come on let's go back to church and you know i was (laughs) gonna say that you know um you know all the stories we hear you know um the same stories over and over as you get older you heard them and now you're looking for like you just said you're looking for more you're looking for more so let's go into uh the number six is a heart for community outreach a heart for community outreach there are an old church song titled go tell it on the mountain the song would simply go about going out and spreading the gospel, yet somehow the millenniums believe that this message has been lost with the church, within the church. In my Instagram survey, several replies called for more evangelism by, church, by the church. Responders wanted the church to go out and spread the gospel within the community instead of sitting comfortable with in the four walls of the church because The church is out of touch with the community in which it is housed. Missionary work is carried out abroad, yet very little is done for the people who live right across the streets. How does the church expect to, to do the mission overseas when the people who are closest to them still have not been ministering to? So many people within the community are simply being overlooked. There are so many millennials that live in the surrounding areas of a church that if the church were to only focus on bringing them to church, they could find enough to fill their congregation. However, reaching these millennials won't be easy. The church needs to learn how to speak their language. Too often, the church tries to approach the non believers in a suit and a tie, the Bible hand, with conversations that get straight to the point. When the, when the street closed and small talk would be better. The church must learn to ease into the neighborhood. The church must get to know their audience first. Most importantly, the church must meet the needs of the people they are trying to reach. When Jesus went out to teach and preach, he also healed people. He understood that while salvation is important, it is also important to meet the earthly needs to others, if the church wants to bring more millenniums into the church, they should look to go outside their walls and their community while meeting their needs of the community along the way. Right, Dr. Sher, what are you talking about okay well, evangelism. So uh, what the millennium say,
0: what they want to do, what they want to see, us do is to go out into the community, uh, and connect with those in the community. And because the church is out of touch. So what they're saying is that we need to go out into the community and connect. And, and, you know, and I, I totally agree. I totally agree that, that a lot of the churches, um, they don't do as much evangelism like they used to. A lot of them have gotten burned out a lot of them didn't, didn't see the results that they wanted to see and they and they stopped doing outreach on on that level i agree to that i agree to they, that. they so evangelism going door to door I, I i could say most of the time it has it has ceased but it has ceased for many reasons and um and maybe the millennials may, may not want to hear that but there are reasons why people stop evangelizing or stop going door to door it, you know i mean we, we're living in a very an environment that's dangerous and so, um, and many times when you're going out and going door to door, you know, you, it almost felt like you are wasting time because no one is coming to their doors or they know you at the door and they won't come to the door. So, so there are reasons why the church has stopped knowing what they're doing, but I hear you. Uh, you, you, you're suggesting that the church go, go back out and evangelize. And they say evangelize on their level. Uh, well, you know, not to. You know, the Bible talks about. You know, um, well, I don't want to say it from that. I, I, I was going to say in Rome, do as the Romans. But what is basically what they were saying is that if you're going to go out and evangelize, you know, you know, you don't need to come out there with a shirt and a tie. You know, just come out there, you know, and and be able to talk their language. That you know, I, I'm not. I'm not totally persuaded by that by that piece because what people want to see sometimes is a difference. Now the millennium might say, might say, no, that's what you guys want to see from your days. You know, but what we're saying is we, we, we want you to be able to speak our language and, and, you know, and you know, that's probably a place where I would disagree because, you know, I don't want nobody trying to act cool. What I want to hear is that, that, uh, that I've been through, I've been where you, been where you are at. I don't. You don't necessarily have to come to me with the. Uh, I mean, you wearing uh, coming dressing down just to connect with me will won't be won't be effective. But what will be effective is when you tell me I was a drug addict. When you tell me that I was addicted. Uh, when you tell me that I, I I was in prison. Those stories will be the deciding factor on whether or not I'm able to connect with you and build a relationship. I agree. With you. I agree. So you know. So yeah. I, I'm evangelizing. evangelizing Going out door to door but and then telling your story and you know evangelizing before I, I stop uh DJ is that it's crucial for, uh, for many reasons um, just to add put in my little uh, testimony my father um, he got saved um, from from the outside in his car. My father was not one of the ones who would go into the church. But he would drop my mom off at church and he would sit outside and listen to the, uh, he could hear the preachers sometimes preaching from inside the church. Well, this one time he dropped my mom off in at in, 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 in the church, but they were having a tent revival, a tent service. My father sat in his car, but my father got saved from just, from, 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 outside, Amen. from Amen. outside evangelism. Yes. So my point is this, is that evangelism is crucial for many reasons. Salvation. We, a lot of people may not step a foot into the church, but I want to encourage anyone who listens to this podcast that um, start back, go back out there into the community, go into the parks, go into a, and start having your revivals and to, and a, to say that don't be afraid to be out there and you don't have a crowd. Uh, when you, what I always believe is that is that is that the word of God will not come back void. Meaning that when I'm out there, even if there's no one out there, that there are houses out there and somebody in their house listen to, listen to you speak. Okay? So don't get discouraged because you don't see thousands or tens of, uh, hundreds of people in the parking, uh, in, in a community park. Just go out there, be proactive, have your uh, system set up, you know, make sure you got your license and make sure it's okay with the community and all that good stuff, you know. And then just... Um, And just present the gospel. Simple gospel, not nothing complex. Just the basic uh, word of God. That's all I have
1: to say on that, Mr. DJ. And we have the remaining church attendance, is it mandatory? And we have an ultimate younger versus older generation. And we're going to discuss these two. Um, And we're going to be here talking about young church attendance isn't mandatory. I was going to read, for years the church has been convinced people that our true Christians must be a church goer for generations. People have grown up believing that regular church attendance was a precursor for entering the gates of heaven when this isn't the case at all. All right, Doc. What do you have to say about that? Well, um, oh yeah,
0: I grew up. I grew up during that time when, when it was, um, you know, kind of told to us that, you know, um, well, let me double, let me go back on that. If we they didn't say it was a, a precursor or a prerequisite for us to go to heaven, but um, if we wanted to, if we wanted to maintain our salvation. They was telling us that every that we need to be around um believers so it was it was they was encouraging us that to come to church and to be around believers and to fellowship with them and that when you come into the house of the lord it gives you strength you know and that you get encouragement and so that's what they were saying uh back then now you know, I didn't grow up where they were saying that if you need to come to church, and if you don't come to church, I mean, that was a prerequisite for getting into heaven. I didn't get that, but but as I got that, the reason for us coming to church was to was to uh is to help us build a bond uh, with one another uh, and to be around those that are like minded. We all know that whoever you're around most of the time. It's going to impact you one way or another. Yes. So if you're if you're in the church and you're around those who fellowship and praising the Lord and talking and discussing the Word of God and and uh, and give you their testimonies of how they how they uh, overcame certain things. That is it strengthens you. It, it gives you um, it, it helps you to to make it your journey. Um, you know, and it, it just it just gives and it gives you ideas of how uh, how you what you can do to. To to make it for the next week. All right. So that that's just my yeah, take on that. So yeah, I mean okay. somebody, some some some, some it, I didn't get I didn't get it from that point of view, but okay. I got it from a different point of view.
1: Yes. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. Make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> okay. okay, the younger versus the older generation. Oh, and, oh boy. Okay, many millenniums are tired of being persecuted for what they wear, the oh, tattoos, okay. on mm-hmm. their bodies, how they worship, mm-hmm. the music they listen to. All they want when they come to church is to feel welcome and be treated with respect. However, mm-hmm. if the mindset of the church is to persuade the millennials to behave in cause of unwritten rules, millennials will continue to avoid the church along with its teaching. All right, Dr. Sharp, what do you got to say on that? The millennials uh, have an issue with the dress code, is that what you say? What it uh, tattoos, uh on their bodies, uh the way they uh, the the music they listen to. All they want to do is and what they wear, all they want to do is come to church and they feel welcome and be treated with respect. You, you, you know older uh, versus younger. Wow, you know? uh, well, yeah, I you hope hope the not. older, the older how they they you know, yeah. their obedience and you know, these unwritten rules, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that it's not, you know, biblically, you know, when it comes to the dress code, that you have to have a tie. And when you come to church, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, you can't, you know, and that's the millennium today. They are, they are wants to be treated with respect. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be looked down by an mm-hmm. older, mm-hmm. Uh, senior member that been there a while they want to come in they want to be you said game changers they want to come and get involved they want to be involved they want to be treated with respect and for years the church has worked and to retain its older members while (laughs) neglecting the newer generation (laughs) so i get it well you know um mr
0: DJ, okay you say that the church has neglected the um uh, the younger generation um I, what I what I what I can say is that maybe the church didn't keep up with the change. There's been um, a change, and 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 perhaps we didn't keep up with the change, and so that's what I would tell the church now to do is to go back into, um, you know, uh, get uh, get a focus group. <laughs> I believe in focus groups yeah. that would include millenniums, and that would include. All those of various age groups, and to come together, that'll be the first step. And just uh, talk about, you know, um, what will what we can possibly do to um, to 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 bring uh, the millennials back? Because we want the millennials back. We need their ideals. They are game changers, and most of all, they're getting ready. They they most of them are creating creating this next this new generation, which is Gen Z. So Gen Z is getting ready to be created. So we need the
1: millennials to be in church so that Gen Z can be in church. All right. All right, well, we just want to thank everyone for listening to Can't Catch a Break podcast. And if you like to subscribe, remember to download a podcast. We are Anchor 54 Johnson. We are Anchor Johnson 54. You can repeat that again. Anchor.fm. Is where we at anchor.fm. Okay. I repeat anchor.fm. <laughs> okay. You can look us up. Can't catch a break. Download that podcast app. Right. Send you a message. We want you, we want to hear from you. Right. We appreciate you. We thank you for listening to Can't Catch a Break. It's, that's Shar, Dr. Shar. And I'm DJ. Yes, sir. And we thank you. God bless. God bless.